Hello, welcome, and would you look at this mess. I'm your host, Kate, and the purpose of this podcast is to trace, explore, and celebrate the unconventionality that lives within all of us. Hey, hi, welcome back. Happy Monday, if you're listening to this on Monday. If you're not listening to it on Monday, then um, happy whatever day it is for you. Uh, today, I want to talk about minimalism. And I did invite Nick to talk about this with me because this is something that we pursue together. But he has zero interest in talking at all, ever. But definitely talking publicly is like high on the list of things that he doesn't want to do. So I'm going to try and get him to come on to the podcast at some point and share his views on something. But this will not be one of the things. So anyway, um, I'm going to talk about minimalism because this is something that we've been practicing for a couple of years and it's kind of evolved out of necessity and also just because we we find that it makes us feel better. Um, The necessity part of it is because we've, we've moved a lot. We've moved many, many times and I'm grateful that there are no moves on the horizon now because I'm over it. Um... So the the moving itself sort of necessitates having less stuff, but also we've lived primarily in small spaces. Um, the house we're in now is, well, it's not, so this isn't the largest house we've lived in. It's basically the same size as the house we owned in Saskatchewan, but we lived with like six people in Saskatchewan, whereas here we only have the four of us. So uh, per square footage, people have more space. Anyway, um, but even actually given, you know, this house is not small by any means, but it's also not large. It's just whatever average size and it's perfect and we love it. And this is exactly the kind of house that we want. We'll add a little bit to it as we go. We have to add an extra bedroom and stuff. But um, but overall, it's it's very well sized for a family of four, in our opinion. And that's something that I think makes us a little bit unconventional is that um, we're super happy with this house. I think... Culturally speaking, we're outliers in that sense because people might look at this house and think, yeah, that's a good starter, but, you know, I aim for something much larger. And that's fine, too. I mean, everybody does their own thing. But for us, this is this is where we want to be and where we'll probably spend the next 30 years barring anything significant happening. So, yeah, so we started kind of adopting a minimalist strategy because of the moving, because of the living in small spaces. It just made more sense. Um, and because, of course, we have kids now and it is very easy to get bogged down in stuff. And so a big focus for us in this minimalist idea is around toys and stuff for kids because you can get drowned out in stuff. You can just drown yourself totally. And um, that makes me feel a certain level of anxiety that I'm not ready to take on. So purging the stuff for the kids is a big part of of all of this. Um, And it's also become a big part of what we've been focusing on for ourselves too. The one area that I would say I'm not great at is with clothing because I do seasonal stuff. And so I don't always have a good sense of like how much clothing I actually have because... 
winter stuff sits in the closet for the winter and then I cycle it out and and then I actually have like an entire wardrobe for field work because it requires it so uh yeah so clothing is one area where I'm not great with it I would like to someday get better and I'm kind of I'm trying to do better because one of the things I'm focusing on now is buying quality things and not buying as many of them um but that comes with being able to afford to do that and um, and I do also try not to buy things new. I try to buy things used when I can. So it's a tricky balance because it's not always easy to find really good quality stuff um, that's sort of timeless uh, from a thrift store. So anyway, I'm, I'm working on that. Um, but yeah, in terms of stuff, like we... We went through a, a stage a couple, like, I don't know, five years ago, I guess it was now, uh, where we purged all of our, like, CDs and DVDs and all those types of media. Um, we, we kept, I think, I think I have a handful of CDs, just things that are, like, my friends' albums that I can't get on iTunes or I could never buy again or they have really beautiful artwork or whatever on them. So those sorts of things I've kept. Uh, but all the DVDs, all that stuff we got rid of because everything is available online now, whether you download it or you subscribe to some uh, service that where you can access it, it's available. And so there's no need to hold on to the things. Um, I do love my books. I, I said to my friends recently over the past holiday season, we were doing a bunch of purging of our basement to try to clear it out and create some actual living space in there. And I said to my friends, I go, I didn't really think about it, but I am definitely a hoarder of intellectual property. <laughs> I keep all of my notes and notebooks and textbooks and everything from university and even college. I had papers that I was, I was reading and stuff. Um, so that's something that I've had to try and pare down a bit. I mean... Some papers I will probably hang on to forever. I have this one that I found about racism against black Canadians. And I thought that was, it was so, I don't know, such a time warp for me. It was like 2008 when I wrote it. And so it was just interesting to look back on it and see how much my my um, analysis of the situation has developed over time. So that kind of stuff I might keep a little bit. But I also had, um, sorry, I took a little break for a second there while Bobby came upstairs. Um, I also had notebooks from when I was in art school, which I ultimately flunked out of and have not pursued anything <laughs> in line with that, that program. So I was like, I'm really just holding onto this for nostalgia and there's no reason to. So I got rid of all that stuff. Um, but anyway, so I do tend to hold on to books um, I do find a lot of value in books, but I did take the leap this this winter over the Christmas. I did take the leap and got a Kobo. Well, I got Nick to get me a Kobo for Christmas um, because partly, actually, the impetus for doing that was because books that I wanted to read have been inaccessible to purchase in hard copy, and they've only been accessible to purchase as eBooks. And so I've been buying some books on my my phone and then reading them there, but I find it really hard to do that. And I wanted to be able to more um, comprehend, like more, I don't know, just be able to have like a thing devoted to reading books um, as an e-source. And so that's what I've been, I think I mentioned, I've been using that to read my articles on for the year. And it's been really, really great. So I can see myself kind of working towards going digital on that end, but it'll be, it'll be something that will take me a long time to really convert to because I do love having paper books and I like having my shelves full of books and being able to look through them and stuff. So 
I don't think we ought to get over that. But anyway, let's actually move into what I'm going to talk about, which is minimalism. Um, and so interestingly, though, actually, sorry, another side note. Um, there is the so I started this podcast obviously in September of this past year. I had wanted to start it for a while, but I didn't know where, like, how to do it or where it was going or any of that stuff. I had no idea. And I happened to make a friend on Instagram the year or even maybe two years prior, and she had a podcast, and uh, she's her podcast was called Minimalish until very recently, and um, she now goes her podcast is called With Intention, and I recommend her podcast and her Instagram. Um, and anyway, but she had created a pod what's called podcasters roadmap and so it was is a guide an in-depth guide on how to start a podcast and so it was with her guide that I started this podcast um and it's it was a fantastic guide so I also recommend that and it's not expensive so it's a great resource but um her sense of minimalish I really loved because sometimes when we start to adopt these sort of alternative lifestyle philosophies, they can feel really rigid and like you've got to fit inside of a box or or a, a very concrete definition of what that looks like. And so Desiree's take on on minimalism is that you can you can do what works for you and you can leave the rest, right? You can you don't have to fall you don't have to be militant about it. You can do what what makes you feel best and adopt the parts of it that work for you, but don't feel the pressure to be perfect at it or to to you know ace it because that's probably just going to create more stress for you, and that goes against the whole idea of being a minimalist or, or adopting this philosophy. It's supposed to reduce your stress and help you get clearer on your life, and so I I really really take into that idea, and that's why I'm like okay I'm I'm okay to hold on to some books. There are a few things that I'm like not the best at, but overall, the philosophy itself really helps us because what we do is we routinely engage in purging. And that's a big part of it is that, you know, you can't, sometimes you, you get caught up in the hamster wheel of life and you don't realize how much stuff you've brought into your life. And so being able to take the step back and actively get rid of things that are not serving you or that are simply, you know, creating clutter in your life that's a that's a good thing and 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 so just sort of tweaking your the way that you think about your belongings um and minimalism kind of helps us do that it does help to to be consistently thinking about what we're going to get rid of um and so on the other side of that we also find that we i definitely have changed my mindset in how um how quickly I will bring something into our home. So even if it's something like where one of our moms wants us to take a toy for the kids or some other item, um, we both have gotten pretty good at saying no thank you. And it sucks because there is this connection with parents especially where they want to be able to give you stuff. And, you know, you sometimes feel like you're taking that away from them by, by, by uh, not accepting it. But at the same time, if you really don't think that you're going to be able to use that thing or, you know, you really think that it's going to actually be a burden for you, you should not put that person's feelings ahead of your own and your own ability to to look after that item or to bring it into your life. It's just that that's something that we should all be able to 
um, assert ourselves with. So that's a big part of it. But but even beyond just accepting things that are offered to us, we also are really mindful about what we buy. And so that gets us to a place where we end up saving money. Because for me, especially when I was younger, I was a big spender. And I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast yet. I'll probably do an episode at some point, but I have ADHD and I don't treat it with medication in any way. I've been treated over the years and I've been treated for other disorders and stuff um, and they are all treated fairly similarly. Um, but I've also generated some some positive coping strategies, so it helps me to not uh, have to be treated medically or um, with, you know, with pharmaceuticals for it. Um, but one of the things that as a trademark of this disorder is as we get older and we become uh, financially more independent and having our own money and even access to credit cards, um, for many of us, we get into impulsive spending and buying. And I definitely fell into that category for a long time. Um, I never had a cent to my name. I can remember. I mean, I was still relatively young when this happened, but I can remember going to like Shoppers Drug Mart and having to buy another lipstick. And I really didn't have enough money in my account to buy a lipstick. And it never occurred to me that like I should have a surplus of money um, or that I should be saving any of it. That's a big thing for me too, is that I never saved any of my money. Um, and that seemed like a totally foreign concept. And it's still it's not, I, I don't know, I still struggle with saving money um, and investing money and that sort of thing. But um, but I, I never had any money when I was a teenager or even in my early 20s. If I, if I made money, I spent it. And I ultimately ended up with a bedroom that I could not walk through because I had so much stuff everywhere and nowhere to put it. And I couldn't even name one of those things for you now. I couldn't say one of those things and what it meant to me to have those things. It was just stuff. And um, so as I've gotten older, and again, I've started to really think about the philosophy of minimalism and not attaching ourselves to stuff, we get, we, we, we sort of become clearer on on capitalism as a, as a way of life and not falling into the trap of having to buy things and keep up with things, right? This is where the keeping up with the Joneses philosophy comes from. Or, um, and so, yeah, it's, it's helped me a lot to realize that there's so much more to life than stuff. And then I'm not striving for the next thing that I have to have. I can focus on having a, a more meaningful relationship with my kids because I'm not working all the time just to get to the next thing. Um, and yeah, so it, it definitely, it just has changed how I approach the interaction between myself and my belongings. Um, and I, yeah, I feel that I'm way better off for it and I'm lower stress and I'm not as easily comparing myself to other people um, or thinking that I'm, I'm or having FOMO, thinking I'm missing out because I don't have the things that other people have because I have plenty of wonderful things in my life that are not necessarily tangible, not things, not items. Um, and so I have less of an attachment to those things. Um, the other thing that um, I think this sort of relates to the fact that our life tends to be a little bit lower stress and we tend to be less 
encumbered by stuff is just is just the fact that like tidying up our house, keeping our house in, in a cleanly order is so much easier when we have less stuff, which makes sense, right? When you have less stuff, you have to, you have to tidy it up less. There's less things to, to think about and worry about. Um, and that that is a huge contributor to like stress reduction for us, especially again with the kids stuff, because whew, I mean, it already feels sometimes like overwhelming with the amount of toys that they have and they get everything out over the day. And then at the evening, we, we, we always I think once in the last year that I can remember, we didn't do this. We always reset our house before we go to bed at night or even before we, we do our official wind down for the night. We. We, we get the kids involved, we clean up, we tidy up, we get the kitchen cleaned up, we get the living room, we put all the toys away, and, and everything is sort of reset, and the next day we can come down and enjoy a nice, tidy house, and then we do our stuff again and um, sort of make a mess of it again. But but then it's not becoming overwhelming over, like, a couple of days where you're not doing it, and that is only really facilitated by the fact that we just don't have a lot of stuff. We don't have to deal with a lot of things that we're putting away at the end of the day. And and we have some strategic ways of, of, of um, sorting things and storing them as well. But but ultimately, like, there's just not a lot of stuff for the kids to even have gotten into. And we don't keep a lot of, like, dishes and stuff. That's, that's a, a big one. And interestingly, we only just recently got a dishwasher in this house. Oh, my goodness. I am so sorry if you can hear these kids. They're having fun. Um, they're quite noisy. Um... But yeah, we didn't have a dishwasher for the in this house, and we, you know, we we don't keep extra dishes and cutlery and stuff. So um, it would sometimes get a little bit annoying because we would run out of dishes and we haven't washed the other ones yet. And so now finally, oh, finally, it's like oh, I always have clean dishes because we only have like six plates and six bowls and whatever. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I just find. Overall, it's it's lower stress, and like I said, like we can we can easily and routinely go through things and get rid of stuff because we're not constantly overwhelmed with how much we have to get rid of. We can focus on something small. We actually watched the second part of that movie, uh, The Minimalists. They made a second one the other day. I honestly am not a huge fan. <laughs> It doesn't feel really genuine to me, but um, whatever. But they did spur us to um, to start cleaning out our junk drawer. And uh, so they have this challenge of like doing, I think it was like one one thing every day, or, or maybe it was like one thing on the first day, getting rid of two things on the second day and three things and so on and so on for like a month. And so we started with our one thing, and then we did two things, and then by the third day, we just cleaned out the entire junk drawer, because we were like, we could take one or two things out of here every day, or we could just spend the next 15 minutes and actually clean it out, and then not have to come back to it again for a while. So, yeah, so we did. We, and I was like, okay, that makes me feel better. But because we don't have four junk drawers, we just have one, and it was relatively simple to work through that single drawer and then now we have one drawer that's technically a drunk drawer but it actually has very little actual junk in it and things are organized and pretty functional um yeah so i i i don't know i think like i said that the, there's this attachment that we have with with capitalism and consumption and always 
consuming new things and buying new things. And so even to the extent that like, uh, I try not to buy things brand new if I, if I can avoid it. Obviously, with the pandemic occurring right now, it's kind of hard to do that. So I've been adjusting my, my purchasing uh, habits a little bit. But overall, um, I try not to buy things new. And so similarly, it's, it's, you're, you're more mindful about what you're bringing in when you're not focusing on new, shiny, you know, what's everybody else got. Um, when I go to a thrift shop, I'm looking specifically for the things that I need. I'm not going into Walmart or wherever, <clears throat> excuse me, wherever, and just puttering around and picking out a bunch of crap that I don't need. And not to say that I don't necessarily leave the thrift shop without stuff that I need, but but it's just, it's a different, I don't know, I find it to be a different experience shopping because you have to actually go look and hunt for things. And so if you don't have the time or the inclination to do that, then it's unlikely that you're going to end up leaving with a bunch, a pile of things that you really don't need. Um, and actually, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I did a little mini study on this when I was in college, I think. And I went to a Walmart and I surveyed people and I asked the question, um, or I asked a series of questions. And so one of them was, what did you come in for? And then I think I, I peppered in a few other questions underneath there. And then I asked the question of what did you leave with? And almost every single person was like, oh, I came in for toilet paper or whatever, some essential. But I left with 80 different things <laughs> that I did not come for. And that's really, you know, how this this, this whole system works is we're, we're being primed we're, we're um they're tapping into the primal part of our brains that like tells us that there's going to be dopamine at the end of this and that you know we need these things and we've got to keep up and all this stuff so so by sort of being co more conscious and cognizant of that stuff happening um it's a little bit easier to detach yourself from all of the stuff and not get so wrapped up and caught up in buying this stuff. Um, again, this is not to say that I'm perfect at this or that I don't fall into this. I mean, for years, I was caught in the cycle of constantly wanting to upgrade my phone, which is like super, I don't know, materialistic and environmentally shitty <laughs> of me. And I still do it. I still get that pull, you know, like every time Apple announces a new line of phones or a new model or something, you're like, ooh, fancy, I need that. And then you have to you have to really sit back and go, what do I actually need? And like, what life is left on this plan and this phone? And and um, and am I really going to is is it going to fundamentally change my life if I get this thing right? Because it's expensive, it's environmentally again shitty to toss away a phone that's still totally functional. Um, so there's all these questions that you can kind of go through with yourself and then you start to realize like, actually, I am not going to be any happier. I might be happier for the instant that I get that phone in the moment. I'm like, ah, yes. And then it's going to fade pretty quickly. And that's why they can release a phone every 12 months and people will rush out to get them because that feeling of, ah, oh, I've got the newest thing or, ah, oh, this is so fancy. It wears off quickly. 
And uh, so then we get caught up in that cycle again. So anyway, uh, this is not to say that I, again, I'm not, I, I don't <laughs> want to replace, I, okay, it's not to say that I don't want the iPhone 12, let's just say that much, but I'm just going to keep up, keep, keep what I've got and uh, not, not do anything too rash and uh, see where I am in like a year from now, you know, unless something catastrophic happens with the phone and it can't work or whatever, but but I don't need anything right now. And I, I just, you know, I shouldn't be focusing on the things that, that actually don't matter, right? Like, especially because I'm not a content creator necessarily on any kind of social media platform. Um, so like, I don't know, does it even, does it even matter if I have the, the fanciest phone that's out there? I don't think so. I don't think that it matters if you do either. And I think you, uh, you could, you could probably do without it without all the, the, the fancy stuff. So anyway, um, yeah, I'm going to wrap this up here. Like I said, though, I am going to talk about the, the ADHD stuff. I think maybe I'll record that episode next and we can talk about that for a little bit because that's been an interesting journey for me. Um, and a story I actually really like to tell. So yeah, um, that's it for the minimalism thing. I guess I'll recap with just saying that, uh, you know, minimalism is beneficial because it helps us to save money. It helps us to be lower stress. It helps us to get clear on, on ourselves and what we want for our lives and think less about our stuff and be less attached to our stuff and then engage more meaningfully with, with the lives around us. So, and the people, of course, too. So anyway, um, yeah, hopefully you have enjoyed this episode and maybe it gave you something. Um, and if you have comments or anything you want to share, you can reach me. My contact info is in the show notes. If you really liked it and you want others to also know that you liked it or to listen to it, um, I would love it if you would leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And otherwise, I will see you in the next one.